DJing is my passion, and for the last 27 years, I've been playing clubs, festivals, and corporate events. I produced songs for artists, organized events, hosted radio and TV shows, and I've been the tour DJ for platinum-selling artists for more than 21 years. I'm taking everything I've learned and I'm sharing it to help you become a better DJ. I'm DJ TLM, and this is the Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs. Yes, 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 yes. One, two, one, two. Microphone check. One, two. What is this? Welcome to the Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs. I'm your host, DJ TLM, and this is episode one of the third season of the Share the Knowledge Podcast. An exciting moment, a new season, a new year. And before we get into this new year, I do want to start by actually taking a look back because 2020 was a devastating year for DJs. Now, I totally understand this year was rough for a lot of people, but this is a podcast for DJs. So right now, I just want to stick to us. And 2020 was rough. And even though we're not in the clear, we do have something to look forward to. The possibility of this pandemic ending uh, last year, that was not the case, of course. I know a lot of people who have struggled, especially the DJs out there who totally depend on DJing as their one and only source of income or because they had their own event company, they were doing weddings, you name it, self-employed. This was rough. People had to actually stop doing what they were doing. They could no longer run that business. So they actually had to shut that down. It's really rough. It's a rough situation. And uh, I hope a lot of you once we get out of this, can find that inner motivation to keep going or, or just start something new. Maybe you have already started something new or you find a way to actually get back to what you were doing. Uh, but we just had no gigs. And I understand in certain parts of the world, DJs are actually doing gigs again. But in a lot of places, that's definitely just not the case. It's not the case over here. I can assure you, we do not have a real gigs going on right now. And that's going to be like that for a while. Our vaccination program starts in about two weeks and it's going to take quite some time before a country is at the level that you can say that the vaccine is helping. You have to vaccinate a lot of people before you reach that point. So we're going to be in this situation for months to come. That is a fact. But like I said, we do have something to look forward to. There is light at the end of the tunnel and that is great to see. Now, when it comes to last year, I've talked about this before. I definitely took a hit because there were no more DJ gigs. And I did do a couple of gigs with Brainpower because there was a tour that was planned for October. We were able to do a couple of shows, even though it was only for 30 people at a time because that was the max limit for venues. So instead of doing one show, we actually did three shows in one night every time for a new crowd of 30 people. It was a fun experience, but at a certain point, the restrictions were changed and the venues actually had to postpone. So we had a couple of gigs for this tour that we didn't get to do now in October. And those gigs have been moved to the end of February. But we have to see, because there's no way of, of knowing right now, if we're going to be able to do those gigs then. So maybe they'll get moved again. We'll see. But actually those gigs were brain power. Those were my only gigs in 2020. Now I have a couple of streams of revenue and that was my uh, savior, so to say, because DJing has led to me doing other things and DJing had already taken the back seat. I was focused more on creating content. So for instance, the content that I create for my YouTube channel for DJ TLM TV, I don't make a lot with YouTube, but it is an extra source of income. I also create content for other companies. That is a source of income. And when you combine those things, at least I had a good portion of my income that was safe because you can always create content. I don't depend on anyone to create that. All I have to do is create it in the studio. And mind you, if I could not go to the studio, I would just use my camera and do it at home. Uh, but I could do it in the studio and the internet is there so I can just uh, shoot my videos, edit my videos, and then send them to the client. Uh, 
Uh, so yeah, I was one of the lucky ones that was able to continue to work that way. And DJing did bring that to me. Otherwise, I would have never been able to create that content if it wasn't for DJing. But I definitely missed out on a lot of gigs. I was going to do some fun gigs. Let me just put it like that. Some dope festivals, some nice traveling, and all of that didn't happen. Um, but then again, I don't, I don't care about that as much as I care about the people I know who just had no source of income anymore and had to struggle. And that was hard. I felt that pain partially, but I knew it was worse for them. Um, so I wish everyone the best out there. And I hope you are able to overcome this terrible year that we just had. And like I said, I have to repeat it. I mean, it's not like this is a new year and all of a sudden everything is good. But the light at the end of the tunnel is there. So we got to just stay focused on that. Now, to just to twist it a little bit, there is something and it sounds strange to say it, there is something positive that has come out of this and I, I feel weird saying it because the pandemic is in no way a positive thing but let me just rephrase it a lot of people did put a positive twist on a terrible situation by using the time they had to either expand their craft expand their skill set or actually just learn something totally new, add to their skill sets. I did that myself as well because we had the extra time. You're not going anywhere, so you might as well use that time to better yourself one way or another. Uh, for some that is uh, just working out like crazy and improving their overall health, that's something I definitely did not, not, not do enough at all. Uh, but I'm working on that now. But there's also just like educating yourself, learning more about different things. Now, over the years, I've taught myself how to shoot videos, edit videos, uh, improve the quality by working on the audio, the lighting, you name it. There's always more to learn when it comes to that. I've also um, looked at new programs to see how they work when it comes to software. I've been looking more into hardware and software when it comes to producing music because for the longest time I was uh, stuck on one device and software, Native Instruments Machine. And I don't mean stuck in a negative way because I still love that. That is my go-to software when it comes to making music and go-to hardware as well. Still working with my uh, Mark One tucked away in the back over there. I was working on that earlier today. But I just did not take the time like for years now to actually look at the other software that's out there, all of the new virtual instruments and plugins and you name it. And I took time to work on my studio, work on the setup that I have here. And now I'm starting to take the time to really look at what else is out there so I can improve my production, my music production. I like making beats. Uh, I want to see what I can do to make everything better. So I've also been looking at like engineering, the mixing side of making music and manipulating the sound. Now, by no means am I an engineer, not even close. And at the moment, if I do produce a track, it will still go to an engineer to mix it and possibly master it. But I want to know more about it, especially for all of the stuff that I'm going to be doing for DJ TLM TV, all the Saturday sessions, beats, you name it. I want them to be better than the beats that I've produced so far. Not only beat-wise, but just the quality of the sound, of the audio. So I wanted to learn more about mixing and mastering. Also, if I produce a track for someone and it goes to an engineer, if I have more knowledge myself, it allows me to make a better judgment when I hear the work that the engineer does. So just doing those things with the extra time you have, once you get out of this terrible situation, hopefully you have been able to improve certain parts of your life, knowledge-wise, skill-wise, health-wise, you name it. 
So like I said, I've been working on a couple of things uh, in the studio and I've been improving it. And that is because the studio was hardly a studio. I still had some equipment, but for instance, I've been making beats with machine, but for the last, I think two years or longer, I didn't even have an actual audio interface. I didn't really need it. Uh, machine, the controller just plugs straight into your computer and you can control machine. So you don't need an audio interface for that. Uh, but there's a lot of things that do require you to have an audio interface. Now, I'm truthfully, I do have audio interfaces in the house. I had like a small Zoom U22 and some of my mixers do have audio interfaces in there and you can actually use them as an audio interface, but it's not the same as an actual studio audio interface. So uh, I now have the Universal Audio Apollo Solo USB for Windows. That's the new audio interface. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with that one because I wanted to explore some of the Universal Audio plugins and you can only do that with the Universal Audio hardware. And it's just a, a great quality audio interface. So that is new. I finally have an audio interface again. I got myself a Mackie Big Knob Passive. That's like a monitor controller because I did have two sets of monitors, but I was never able to use them at the same time because I didn't have like the dual outputs for it. And I could only plug in one set at a time. Now I have both. So when I'm making music, it allows me to switch between my NS10s, which have a very particular sound, and my uh, Pioneers that I have here. I keep forgetting the name. It's the RM7s, if I'm not mistaken. They're Pioneer DJ reference monitors. So they're not DJ monitors. They are studio monitors. So now I finally have the chance to actually have them both connected. I can switch between the two, which is really important for me to have. Now, if you've been watching my live streams, you've seen some of the things that I've added to my setup. So, of course, what I'm actually using right now while I'm recording this podcast is the Rodecaster Pro by Rode. That is my all-in-one podcast unit. It's basically a mixer and recorder in one. It allows you to connect multiple sets of microphones, record internally in the device, uh, you can process the audio while you're recording, uh, and it has a lot of extras in there. Um, I'll do a full video to cover everything in there, but that is a unit that I'm using all the time for live streams, for podcasts, you name it. And the same applies to the microphone that I'm using right now. That's the pod mic, also by Rode. Uh, very happy with this microphone. I love the quality for something that's only 100 bucks. It's built like a tank. The audio sounds amazing. Uh, the Rodecaster Pro actually has presets for this microphone, so I can connect it, and I just let the device know, hey, I have a pod mic connected. Um, and then it has a template that's especially made for that mic. Now, you can still tweak everything, but this is just a great setup for me. Now, currently, I'm also shooting video, and I actually just have an output from the Rodecaster Pro going straight into the camera so I don't have to worry about extra microphones on the camera or using lavalier mics. I get this audio, the same audio that goes into the Rodecaster Pro straight into the cam, but I'm also recording inside the unit. So if anything happens to one of the two, I will still have a recording. Now, the other device that's not audio related, but definitely video related is the Blackmagic Design Atom Mini Pro. I've talked about this in every live stream because people ask me about that device in every live stream. What is that little device that you have there on your desk? What's that little device on top of the DJ set? That is my new video switcher. That thing is amazing. And I use it for every live stream that I do. So it allows you to connect multiple cameras. So when I'm live streaming, Normally, I do a multicam setup, especially when I'm doing my DJ live streams. I will have one overview from the top with my GoPro, just so you can see my entire setup. And I'll have some sort of extra angle that is more of a close up, close to a microphone. So when I talk to the audience, 
I can actually really connect by talking straight into a cam from a bit of a closer range. Now I can switch between those two. I can do picture in picture. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do with it. You can also record in that device internally, which is amazing as well. So you can always have like uh, um, a recording straight in the device, even though you can hit record on the cameras as well, but you will have a recording of what you did live when you switch between cameras. Uh, now, mind you, you can only do that when you don't connect that device to a computer because it only has one um, USB output. And I can use that to connect my, my Samsung T5, the small drive, and then record. Now, I use it in two scenarios and I'll do a full video on that device as well. That's coming very soon. I either use it as a, a device to connect to my computer when I'm streaming with OBS streaming software. Now, that's also something I had to learn about during this pandemic, just study what kind of uh, streaming software is out there what kind of streaming hardware, you name it. So I connect that ATEM Mini Pro to my computer and OBS will recognize it as a camera. Even though it's not a camera, it is a switcher with multiple cameras connected. Um, and then in OBS, I can add some overlays and you name it. But the ultimate thing about that ATEM Mini Pro is the fact that you can also broadcast from that device straight without a computer. So it has an ethernet connection, you plug in a cable, now that device is connected to the internet and you can stream straight from that device. All you have to do is connect it to a computer first and you uh, add the stream key so that when you hit on air on that device, it knows that it needs to start streaming to that stream key. That's all you have to do. Why is that so amazing to me? When I started streaming on my brand new uh, studio computer, I did, probably I did. I mean, I, there was an issue with my new computer. It was working fine for the first couple of months and all of a sudden it would crash and it would crash at random points. Unfortunately, this happened a lot during streaming. So I was streaming and then it would crash. Now, normally if that would happen and you stream through your computer, you will have to wait to restart your computer, restart your streaming software, you name it. When that happened to me, as soon as that computer crashed, all I needed to do is hit the on air button on that ATEM Mini Pro, and then that would start to broadcast straight away. Now, if you were following me on Twitch and my computer crashed, the screen would momentarily freeze and then it would catch the connection from the ATEM Mini Pro and the stream would continue and a viewer wouldn't even know that I just switched devices. Now, the only thing, of course, that changes is that you don't have the overlays and stuff that you can do in OBS. And I actually fixed my computer and it's no longer crashing. So now I just stream straight from the computer again with no issues. But the knowledge that that backup is always there. And if for any reason, I would have some sort of crash. I can just hit one button and start streaming from that device. That is very powerful to me. Uh, so yeah, that is probably my number one new piece of gear in the studio. Uh, am I missing something now? Uh, yes, there's also my new MIDI keyboard because I did not have a MIDI keyboard anymore. And I got myself the Native Instruments M32. That is a nice, well, small MIDI keyboard. And I didn't have one. And if you're making beats, especially with a device like Machine, you have your pads. Pads are great for drums, but if you wanna actually play some melodies, and I have no piano skills whatsoever yet, but even then, even without piano skills, it's still easier to play melodies when you have an actual keyboard with keys instead of just having a couple of pads to play on. So I wanted a MIDI keyboard now that I'm starting to work with virtual instruments again, a lot of synths, uh, a lot of dope sounds in there. Uh, so a keyboard was definitely on my list. Now I'm a Native Instruments fan. I'm already in that workflow. It made sense for me to look at their controllers or keyboards first saw that m32 that really fit the profile well 
So now I have a setup of Machine Mark 1 and the M32. Um, what else did I do? The rest is probably all on the software side. Now, of course, I've talked about that before. Part of the new setup, of course, is the new studio computer. That's a PC I built myself. And that video is actually dropping this week, if I'm not mistaken. So you should be able to see that soon, how I built it, even though I have had it for like six months now. Um, if you're watching this on video, it's that thing right there. Absolutely love it. And it was a cool experience to build my own PC. It's not going to be the last one I build. And um, yeah, it's a monster for just video editing, but also the music production that I'm doing. Um, like the render time has improved so much, not only since the last computer I had, the one that died, but also the loaner that I have now. I mean, I have a computer on loan. It's uh, a laptop. It gets the job done, but if you compare it to what the studio computer does, it's ridiculous. So editing and producing on this computer has been a blast and it helps because time is precious. And if you don't have to wait like hours for renders to finish and you can do it in minutes instead, that is, uh, yeah, that really improved my overall workflow. I can definitely say that. STK all day, baby. Share the knowledge. Let's go. So like I said, software is definitely where I added a lot to my overall uh, uh, system workflow, you name it. Let's start with native instruments. I always use native instruments. And when you buy native instruments gear, you also get some of their software. So I had like uh, versions of their contact player and um, what else is there? They have the reactor prism couple of things you get like uh, a, a light version but now i just got their complete 13 uh ultimate like their all-in-one edition where you basically get all of their software and and vst uh their their, their virtual instruments you name it there's so much in there it's going to take me like a couple of years to go through that and I'll have to add more disk space if I actually want to install all of them because they have libraries in there that are like, um, I don't know, like 60, 70 gig libraries just for for uh, one instrument. It's, it's ridiculous. There's so much in there. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going through that, using that in my music now. A lot of great software in there. Also, a lot of um, the expansion packs for machine that were also all included. So now I have a lot more uh, drum sounds and you name it. Now, I use a lot of the sounds that come in expansion packs, but what I do mostly is just manipulate the sound. So I, I sometimes I use them in their stock condition, but a lot of times I will edit them, chop them up, reverse them, uh, add effects, filters, you name it, to change them. And with drum sounds, a lot of times I'll take a couple of different drum sounds layer them together and then you do create like uh, uh, a new sound uh, but it's been definitely fun working with that and i mean it just improves i don't want to say improves uh, because sometimes limitations will actually spark creativity but i've done that for a long time so now actually discovering all new instruments has really just spark my creativity that way so limitations can spark creativity but sometimes getting new options can also just open your mind to hey wait a minute now i can do this this and that so going crazy with that i've also taken a subscription from uh plugin alliance now plugin alliance is a website they sell a lot of different plugins they also make some of their own i think the brainworks plugins they have i think they make those but they sell a lot of different plugins, but they also have a subscription model where you can use some of their plugins or all of their plugins. So right now I have the subscription model to use all of their plugins. Now I'm not gonna use that subscription forever because it does become expensive. I mean, for what you get, it's a dope price, but over time it adds up. But right now I can use that subscription to basically test every plugin they have and i'm going to make a list and there's only going to be probably a few that i really 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 want to continue to use for like a lot of projects or all of my projects 
and eventually I'll buy those. Now, I have a subscription that costs $24.99, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to use that for a year. So that's a lot of money. But at the end of that year, they do give you a $250 voucher that you can use to actually buy some stuff. So I'm going to use that voucher to buy a couple of the plugins that I really want to have. And if then there's still something I want, I'll just have that on a wish list and buy it later. But I won't use that subscription for longer than that. So in the end, you're not paying much more than 250 for the subscription. You're like paying 50 bucks more for that entire year. And you're getting 250 back in a voucher. I think that's a, uh, that's a cool deal. And like I said, it allows me to test everything there. Uh, what else? Uh, waves. Right now, uh, I'm testing out a bunch of Waves plugins as well. Um, waves always has crazy deals. That's the dope thing. But you can also test a lot of their stuff. And I know Waves from when we were doing mixtapes and started to do them digitally. At the time, Waves had their L1 Ultra Maximizer. And that was a plugin that we would use at the end. When we had the entire mix done, we would take it, run it through that L. First the L1, then we had the L2. And that limiter, like a brick wall limiter, it would just boost that entire sound, make everything louder. So I remember Waves from then. Hadn't used plugins in years. Since then, they've grown like crazy and they have a bunch of dope plugins and um it's been a lot of fun experimenting with that now i know this is a dj podcast and i'm spending a lot of time talking about production and plugins but let's be honest a lot of you are also either into production or you're thinking about making music i speak to a lot of djs who are also looking at producing their own music um or making remixes you name it so um this is part of my experience, so I like to share that. Now, one more thing I want to add, then I'm going to jump off of the software for now, and I have an announcement about that as well. Um, Isotope. I've added a lot of Isotope products to my setup because they are absolutely great when it comes to uh, mixing, mastering, and um, audio restoration. So I have their post-production suite, which I'm also going to use for this actual podcast right here and a lot of other things. Um, and they have great plugins to manipulate audio and fix audio if needed. Not just to take out a couple of crackles, but you can do amazing stuff with it. Um, something that relates to DJ software, actually. So last year, uh, Algorithm DJ came out with their Neural Mix feature, which allowed you to actually break apart any song into a couple of stems and virtual dj had their stems feature as well which did the same thing isotope has that in their software it's just a little bit better than the one of the dj software which also allows you to do all sorts of stuff with your audio but you can do the same thing and separate any uh, any song into like drums and harmony and vocals i think it's crazy to see what's happening with tech and what it allows you to do with um with audio, also with video, but with audio. So uh, I just wanted to say from now on every Sunday, I'll be streaming live. And during that Sunday stream, I'll be taking a look at a plugin or a couple of plugins or some new software that I have. A lot of the software, a lot of the plugins I have, I haven't tested yet because there's so much to explore. And instead of me just doing that whenever I have a little bit of time, I thought it would be cool to just do this during a live stream. So a lot of times I'll be opening a plugin for the first time during the stream, taking a look at it, testing it, maybe just open up a video uh, where they explain what it's supposed to do, then just open up one of my projects, uh, grab a beat and see what it can actually do. If you have, if you're watching that live stream and you have experience with the plugin, you're going to be able to actually give me tips. Or if you haven't seen the plugin yourself and you're interested, then you can actually see it in use. So that's going to be the new live stream on Sunday. 
I wanna announce it with a name, but I'm still deciding on the name while I'm recording this podcast. So just know that that's gonna be happening every Sunday. This is the Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs. 2020, a rough year. But what happened when it comes to DJ gear? Now, when you look at the main brands, and I know I'm probably going to be missing out on a couple of the brands, and uh, uh, that's okay. I'm just going to name a couple. There's probably more. But if you look at the main brands, there's a couple of brands that did a lot. A couple of brands that didn't really do anything and some companies just added something so let's just start for instance with pioneer dj they did add a couple of things they had one new controller they had two mixers and one new player now the new player was interesting because it is the next line of their cdjs they moved on from the 2000 series to the 3000 series i'm not going to speak too much about most of this hardware because i haven't tested it yet so i can't really give you my insight on it but they moved to the 3000 line now this was not a 3000 nexus so i assume that most likely we'll see a nexus version maybe in this year um but that is new they had their V10 mixer, so that's like their flagship all-out beastly club mixer. They had one scratch mixer, and that is the S11, which is uh, the only product in their entire new line that I actually tested. That is amazing to me. The S9 was my favorite. The S11 is my new favorite. I can, I can actually say that. I've only used it for a week, but yes absolutely loved it it was like an s9 with a screen totally loved that one and then they had the flex 6 the flx6 controller which i was supposed to have here but i don't have it yet and uh there's a lot of it was kind of polarizing because it had a couple of features that could be perceived as gimmicks so a lot of the more pro people uh, were not really feeling it but my thoughts without having used it is it's not for them. And this could be a great option for the beginners or people who are now using an entry level like 200 or 400 and want to take it a step up. This could be a very good option, but that's it when it comes to Pioneer. So they did have a couple new things. Uh, when you look at Rain, they basically gave us Mark II's of their lineup. So they had their 72 Mark II, they had their Rain 12 Mark IIs, and they had a new addition, the Rain 70, which was basically the 72 without the screen. Um, I think that was it for, for Rain. So yeah, basically just newer versions of what we already knew, but that is to be expected. Sometimes I see people react when they see new uh, releases and they're like, oh, this is almost the same as the last one. Um, why not something new? You cannot expect brands to just give you something totally new every year. That's not going to happen. That's not how that works. And you also have to take a look at what's already out there and what else is there that you can do that's going to be totally different than the things that are there right now. Uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement. But it's not like you can come up with a totally new type of device every year um, because most of the DJs also like the way DJ equipment works right now and they're not looking for something to be totally different. So how much can you actually make different but still have it appeal to DJs? I mean, Pioneer moved away from what they normally do with their Flex 6 a little bit. Um, and you can already see then all of a sudden you get the, the polarizing effect because it is kind of different. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's a logical step that you get a Mark II when it comes to the Wing 12s, a Mark II when it comes to the 72, um, having the 70 new, um, that is there, that is where they are. And I don't expect them to all of a sudden now come out with a totally different device with like motorized platters or something like that. Um, the only thing that they don't have right now, which could be a thing that they could do is a controller, 
but then what could they do on a controller that's different from all the controllers that are out there? So I'm talking about an all-in-one like controller, controller. I mean, a Ring 12 is also a controller, but like two players in a mixer type of controller. What could they do that's different? Because if they come out with a controller and have the jog wheels, the performance pads, and everything we see on every controller out, it's hard to differentiate yourself within that market. So I don't know. I don't know what 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 I can expect from Rain um, next. Also, because you have to imagine that or, or understand that Rain is owned by InMusic. InMusic is a company that owns a lot of different brands. They own Rain, they own Newmark, they own Akai, they own Den and DJ. They have their different brands, and all of those different brands have different things. So, for instance, don't expect Rain to all of a sudden come out with something that is similar to what Den and DJ has to offer because then they're competing with themselves. That doesn't really make any sense. They already have that in that lineup. Speaking about Denon, they came out and they also gave us new versions, but they just didn't go with the Mark II. They gave it a new name. So instead of coming out with the 5000 and 5000M Mark II, they came out with a 6000 and 6000M. And they had a new mixer, the X1850, instead of naming it like an X1800 Mark II. So 1850 is very similar to an 1800. The 6000 series, the difference is definitely there when you compare it to the 5000, but it is the successor. So it is still the same type of prime lineup. They also did do some expanding when it comes to their all-in-one line. They had that Prime 4, that amazing Prime 4. So then they added the Prime 2, which basically offers you a lot of the same features in a smaller package. And then they had the Prime Go, which is like a standalone that is battery powered, but it's not like on a cheap toy level. It still gives you pro features. Um, so they did the right thing. They expanded that Prime line. They've been working hard on that prime line. They came through the door strong when they came out with the 5000. And when they came, uh, the mixer, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of people about the mixer. I like the, the X1800. It was, a, it was a nice club mixer. But the 5000 was really the one that caught all the attention. I think they added onto that with a lot of great material, especially coming in with that four. And now with that two and that go, I think it's a very strong lineup that they have there. So they definitely came out with a lot of new stuff. Now, um, there's not a lot of other brands out there. Native Instruments did not come out with new DJ devices, and that was to be expected. I mean, I don't think Native is spending a lot of time on their DJ department anymore. It was a surprise to me when they came out with that S3 uh, about a year ago. I don't think people saw that coming because the company wasn't doing that well, as far as I understand. And they had the S2, S4, the S3, I don't think made a lot of sense, but they added that to the lineup. Um, so DJ wise, they didn't add anything, but, and I have to add it because I'm a machine fan and I use machine. They did release the machine plus, which is a standalone version of machine and if I ever upgrade, which I do want to do, I most likely will not move from the Machine Mark 1 to uh, the Mark 3 or the, the, the Machine Studio, but I'll go for the Plus. Having that standalone is, to me, something that takes me back to my MPC days. And um, yeah, that is that is something special. I really, really want to test that. And uh, that might be my next machine. Uh, device but that's all they did and they released a lot of different software hercules i still have the impulse 300 here i was going to test that last year uh i couldn't get it to work and i don't want to blame them i blame the computers that i use i tried it on the laptop that crashed tried it on a different computer didn't work there i am going to test it on my studio computer and someone already told me I shouldn't even test it with their Dejuice software, but actually use it with different software. So I can't speak on that. They did release a new larger version called the Impulse 500. I've heard positive things about it. I don't know much about it, but that 
it's the only thing they released uh newmark did come out with a couple new devices as well uh from their mix track line now their mix track line has always been part of like the 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 better entry level controllers and they had a lot of different versions of that mix track so now they added the mix track pro fx and the mix track i think it's called uh platinum and those are very good like i don't even know if i can call them both entry level but when it comes to if you're on on a budget those are great options with a lot of features and then they had the newest version of their small dj to go to uh touch that strip size small small controller um that is something i actually want to get one day just to have in a bag and whenever you're somewhere and you have like i don't know i have to see if it actually works with something like an ipad if it works with an ipad i have to get one one day so i can just have it in my bag uh just to play around with at any time with some dj software uh, but they added that so uh, maybe i'm missing out on a brand the only thing i do want to talk about when it comes to uh to uh 2020 now phase did not come out with new stuff but phase definitely did everything they could to update software multiple times and get rid of all the bugs that were there i never experienced the bugs but i know a lot of djs did and i think they did a pretty good job of getting rid of most of that uh it still works great for me and the next thing we're waiting on now is that serato integration that is their next thing so that's coming this year um so the last thing i can think of right now for 2020 is beatsource link now if you're not familiar beatsource is a platform where you can buy music it's a collaboration between dj city and beatport now of course beatport is the largest uh online music store for house music BeatSource is basically Beatport for open format DJ. So BeatSource offers a lot of different genres of music and you can buy songs on the platform. BeatSource Link is their integration into DJ software. Now, for me, the reason I always liked Algorithm DJ was because they had the Spotify integration and I've used that on plenty of occasions and it really helped me out with certain gigs where I was, for instance, playing for young kids at my son's school, Spotify to the rescue, and I would have any song on deck. Now, Spotify decided in 2020 that they would no longer support DJ software. That happened in, I think, June or July. That was a hit. Even though Tidal was already moving in and SoundCloud did the same, and you could use Tidal and SoundCloud and a bunch of different DJ software, Spotify was still the one. So they were out of the picture. Now BeatSource Link kind of stepped in and it offers that same thing. The same thing you can do with Tidal and SoundCloud is you can use everything they have on their platform in your DJ software. And I think we're now at the point where BeatSource Link works in all major DJ software. So you can use it in Serato, in Rekordbox, in Algorithm DJ, in Virtual DJ, uh, I think Tractor. I haven't even tested that yet, but I think so. Um, and am I missing anything? Um, in Prime as well. You can use it in Prime with the Denon products as well. So it works with all the major DJ software. The main difference between BeatSource and something like Spotify, Spotify, of course, has more music. Tidal has more music. But when it comes to BeatSource, BeatSource is filled with uh, playlists that are curated by DJs. That is something you cannot find on a normal streaming service. So, for instance, if you're playing at a party and all of a sudden they want you to play Afrobeats, and you have no experience playing Afrobeats, if you go to, for instance, a streaming site like Tidal, they will have Afrobeats, but you'll have no clue which songs to play. On BeatSource, they will have actual playlists curated by DJs, so you can know that they're gonna serve you tracks that are actually tracks that could work if you're playing in a club setting. 
And they don't just do like genre playlists. They have theme playlists that are based on producers or movies or even with the whole versus battles that happened last year between artists. Whenever there was a versus battle between two artists, BeatSource would like the day or two days after that have a versus playlist for those two artists. So if you wanted to do a DJ set and play some of their songs, they would have it. Um, so it's great to see that they were able to move that into all of the DJ software. And uh, for me personally, I've done live streams where I use Strictly BeatSource and I could find so many songs and make that work. Or I would use a combo. So for instance, if there was a certain track I wanted to play and I knew BeatSource didn't have it, I could just quickly switch the title within the DJ software, get that song from there, and then go back to um, BeatSource. So BeatSource Link, that is also something that happened uh, in 2020. And I mean, it's a cool option. I would never totally depend on something like uh, a streaming service for my music. I will always want to have music on my computer, on a hard drive, flash drive, you name it, uh, as a backup or as my main source still. But being able to also have access to songs that I might not have is always a great thing for me. Um, with their different subscriptions, they also have subscriptions that allow you to store 50 to 100 tracks offline which is always a safe option. For instance, if you're gonna do something like a wedding, any type of paid gig where you really know you need certain songs there, no matter what, that you wanna have them stored offline. You don't wanna depend on something like Wi-Fi uh, for situations like that. So yeah, man, those were a couple of the things. Now, maybe I missed out on something. So was there any gear that really stood out to you. So what was your favorite uh, gear release for 2020? I guess that is like uh, one of the questions of the week. So let me know uh, in the comments section, what was your favorite gear release of 2020? STK all day, baby. Share the knowledge. Let's go. So while we're at it, let me just add the true question of the week. And that is, did you make a change during 2020? So did you learn a new skill? Did you do a total career switch because you were just forced to in order to uh, um, make an income? What was the biggest change for you in 2020? And with all of that said, let's just now stick to 2021. That's where we're at right now. And I want to know from you as well. Do you have any specific plans for this year? See, I spent a lot of the last like weeks, maybe even longer actually of 2020, focusing on this new year. Now I'm never someone who's big on like new year's resolutions. And I've talked about that many times. I don't feel you should depend on a date. Like a lot of people will say like, I'll stop smoking on January 1st or I'll start eating healthy on 21, uh, January 1st, 2021, you name it. You always hear that. A lot of times people are mentally not even prepared for that. And within a couple of weeks, they will uh, fail. Now, in this case, it's going to be a little bit different over here because the gyms aren't even open now. So people can't go to the gym on January 1st. Um, I'm never a big fan of that. I'm always a big fan of just if you want to make a change, make that change. Don't depend on a date. But that being said, I've actually spent the last um, time of 2020 preparing for 2021 and not just January 1st, but the entire year. And my main focus for this entire year is actually consistency and consistency throughout my entire life. So consistency when it comes to content. So for DJ TLM TV, my video platform, for my podcasts, for everything that I do, I want more consistency. So I've spent a lot of time actually creating a plan with all of my releases and when I want to release everything, including an entire production schedule to actually visualize what I need to do and when I need to do it in order to make this, that, and that happen. 
this is all working towards bigger plans, bigger pictures, but I have to start with the consistency in my life because 2020, even though I had more time when it comes to content creation for myself and building on just building the brand, the channel, um, I failed miserably. I created the least amount of content that I've created in years in 2020 when you could say, hey, there was actually more time to create content. But my life was definitely kind of a mess when it comes to that part. Now, I did create content for clients, so that would always take first place. Also, because that was a source of income and that earns more than the YouTube videos did. Um, but that's still no excuse. I just saw that for me personally, I had to start working with more of a planned situation. And that's what I've been doing. So I've been planning that, but also starting to live towards that in the last like weeks of 2020 in order to already be in that flow when this new year started. Um, now, I'm not going to get into all of the details when it comes to planning, but visualizing is important. So what do you actually want to do? And not just thinking about what you want to do, but also how you can achieve that and what do I need to do to make that happen um, with my entire life? I have responsibilities when it comes to my family life. I had to make sure all of that was calculated into it. I have to make sure I know exactly how and when I can do things because I have to do family things here. My partner is working here. Um, work around that. At the same time, make sure that I build in the quality of life uh, time that needs to be spent. So time to work on myself when it comes to workouts, make sure my nutrition is right. So planning in that, planning in quality time with not just the wifey, but also the children, having all of that in there. Now, that's not going to be easy. It's going to be pretty hard to stick to everything. Um, but to me, it's a great place to start to actually visualize that, to see that on paper, to see that on my screen and work towards that because habits don't just happen. You have to work to make something a habit. So now that I have that anchor to hold on to, to see, hey, I can't slouch right now. There's no room for procrastination right now because uh, uh, I can't slouch during this hour because starting at 10, I'm shooting these videos in those two hours. And after that, I have my hour where I can work on a couple of beats I've been working on. Then I got to do this. So having that as what I call an anchor and not in a negative way, something that's holding me back, but something that actually gives me that grip, something to hold on to. Like, hey, I see exactly all of the things that need to be done. That visualization helps me because in 2020, I had a lot of time and sometimes I would spend days in the studio, but without a true plan. And what would happen sometimes is I would end up doing like something, the amount of work I did in an entire day is something I could have done in two hours because the rest of the time I was just not focused enough because there was no clear plan. And sometimes just knowing, hey man, I need to shoot that video is not enough of a plan, at least for me. So setting up a plan, like I said, that's one part. Having to actually do it, that's something else. And uh, it's not the easiest thing, but I'm just going to focus on one day at a time to follow my schedule. And if within that hour I don't get done what needed to be done, hey, so be it. Next time I have time to work on that, I'll continue uh, but I'm going to try to stick to that schedule as much as possible. And that will also lead to having like a consistent flow of content on specific days, a specific amount. Um, so, yeah, it helped me out. It helped me to really see what I actually want to accomplish, how I need to accomplish that. Um, so, yeah, man, it's going to be a full year, tough year. And uh, the beginning is already going to be twisted because... Um, the schools won't be open for at least a couple of weeks. Uh, we're still waiting on, uh, uh, we'll still have to see if that is actually going to be the plan or if they're going to extend that for the first couple of weeks. 
where I have a planning that includes me taking a kid to school, going to the studio, I already have to change that up because I'm not going to take him to school. That's going to be homeschooling for both of the kids. Uh, so I can't just leave. I have to be at home. So I already have to juggle a couple of things. Um, but that's okay because because of the fact I have everything planned out, it makes it easier for me to now juggle and move things around. If you're going just off of the top of the head, it makes it a lot harder. You can freestyle and you adjust, but then you find out that, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I can see everything on my screen. I know exactly what needs to be done. Now I have to find out how I can make everything happen. Uh, So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this year just because of that. I want to improve every part of my life. Uh, so the the health, the family, the, 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 the brand, the channel, everything I do, um, my, my, my social, my relationships with uh, my closest peeps, you name it, everything. And that's going to be my focus for 2021, just the consistency and building the habits, habits to improve every part of my life. So do you have any specific plans for 2021? Even though, and let's make sure we get that straight, it's not because we're now in a new year that everything is different. The situation hasn't changed since December 2020. I'm fully aware of that. But is there something, because like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Are there certain things you have been planning or working towards? Maybe not DJ-wise, maybe something else, but let me know in the comments section. Um if there's something that you have as a specific goal for this year. And just speaking about that, like we have to actually see what happens. Like I saw in certain parts of the world, like especially in some Asian countries where they were able to actually like control, dominate the virus. They were back to like business as usual with parties and whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that will happen here as well. That once the vaccine is going around, that people will really turn it back to how it was. But I find it kind of hard to imagine. I mean, it's not going to happen fast anyway because that vaccination program takes time. But I just wonder how fast we're going to be able to return to situations where you have parties with like um, 500 to 1,000 to like 10,000 people. Is that just going to go back to that just because we have a vaccine? I'm not sure. And we have to keep in the back of our minds as well. Like, it's not like this is the last virus. You can expect this type of thing to happen more often. Even now, there's already mutations of this vaccine, even though the muta mutations are small. Uh, who's to say that we won't have something like this, but different that requires a new vaccine in a year or two? Um, I mean, I can imagine that especially the companies who were organizing those super large events, they're going to be hesitant because as far as I've heard, like a lot of insurance companies do not insure something like a lockdown happening or a pandemic situation is not covered by a lot of insurances, at least here in the Netherlands. That's what I heard. So I can imagine if I organize festivals for 50,000 people, all of a sudden the festival can't happen like it did last year. And insurance uh, doesn't cover that. I don't think you're going to be that willing to like a year later, just organize something like that again, knowing that if it doesn't happen, it falls on you. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. And maybe we'll, we'll move to, a lot of like organizers going for small events, like real small living room type style events where you can only have like uh, 50 to 150 people. Uh, like I'm freestyling right now. I have no idea. I have no idea. We'll have to wait and see. Um, one last thing I think uh, I've discussed in, in, in several videos, but not on my own channel, not in the podcast is uh, live streaming. Now, live streaming definitely had a major come up in 2020, 
even though it wasn't new, I mean, I was live streaming DJ sets like nine or 10 years ago, but it was never like our only way to actually get out there and communicate with people, uh, uh, show ourselves to the world. That has now become the only way for a lot of DJs to do it. A lot of DJs have found new freedom doing it because it allows them to do more things they could do compared to what they could do in clubs. Um, I've had a lot of fun doing that. I'll be live streaming on a regular basis this entire year. Uh, even if club gigs do come back, the live streams will continue just because I'm having so much fun. And for myself as well, I can tell like I have the freedom in my live stream that I don't have during normal club gigs. There's just no comparison. Uh, so I'm having a lot of fun doing that. I'll continue to do that. And um, I think my focus will switch more towards Mixcloud this year because at the end of the day, that's where we're going to end up. That's just what it's going to be because uh, YouTube, I had to cut that out at the end of last year because of the policy violation warning I received. It was like, okay, I'm not messing with that anymore. This channel is way too important for me to do a live stream. So now it's Mixcloud, Periscope, and Twitch. Now Periscope is ending and I'm not sure how Twitter is going to continue that because they did mention that Twitter Live was going to be something. I'm not sure what that means yet. I have to look into that. If that means that the same way I've streamed on Periscope, I can do that now on Twitter Live. I don't know. But that means that basically I have Twitch and Mixcloud and on Twitch, we're already dealing with the same type of issues. As soon as my stream is done, the replay can't be played because most parts are muted. People have had their channels deleted just for having clips on with the copyright issues. So as soon as my stream is done, I delete the replay. Uh, but we might end up in a situation where even the live streaming itself is not going to be possible. I don't know. The only thing I know for sure is that Mixcloud is the only safe place to live stream where you will not run into those issues. And they should be rolling out new features that are similar to a lot of the things you see on Twitch and the things that really help to make Twitch that community. So um, I think Mixcloud is going to be our end destination. So I want to just focus on that more and more. So you're going to see me promote my live streams and have Mixcloud as the first name and Twitch as the second name. Now, that is only for the DJ live streams, of course. So my share the knowledge live that I'm doing, that's going to be YouTube first and then Twitch and also on Facebook. And as soon as my LinkedIn is approved, it'll be on LinkedIn as well. But for all the DJ live streams, and I'm going to do more than just my crates live stream that I do on the Mondays, I'll have more live streams. Uh, so every two weeks, I'm going to have a, certi a certified bangers live stream as well. But those are all going to be mixed cloud and Twitch as long as Twitch allows me to do that. So uh, I'm having a lot of fun with the live streams. I don't know if you have tried the live streams yet. It is a lot of fun to do. Like I said, I enjoy the freedom. I do understand that if you're starting out now and you don't have any type of fan base yet or followers yet, it might be something that holds you back because if you live stream and you see no one's watching, you might feel that it's not going to work for you. You have to see it like this. First of all, anytime you do anything, it is practice. So anytime you do something, it helps you to learn more about it, improve your skill and you're DJing. So it helps you for your DJ skills. You're learning how live streaming works. So that helps you build that skill and knowledge as well. And even if you don't have quote unquote success with it right now, when it comes to like an audience that can always come. And if it's not here, it might be on a new platform where you might actually be one of the first ones there. And if you already have the experience, you don't have like the learning curve. You can jump straight into it. Um, so don't let that hold you back. Like, I mean, I, uh, the numbers I, I get now on my live streams aren't incredible at all, but I enjoy every single person jumping in and watching and leaving a comment. Um, so, so that for me 
is already it. But like I said, the fact that you have the freedom that you don't have to worry about what the crowd might think. That's something I do have during club gigs, especially if it's like one of those gigs where the crowd is pretty commercial. So you can't really go too far out of the box or they don't feel it. With my live stream, it's simple. This is my stream. You can come and watch me, but I do what I do. And if someone doesn't like it, that's perfectly fine. And then they shouldn't watch me. But I'm going to do what I do. And I'm not going to worry about, oh, will they like this track or will they feel this? Now, I can do exactly what I want. And that freedom, it's liberating. It's empowering. And that is the thing I really love most about live streaming. So that's it. I'm going to end it right here. And I'll be back next week. This is the Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs. I'm your host, DJ TLM. You can catch me every week with a new episode during season three. That is part of that consistency I was talking about because the, the podcast definitely took a hit in 2020 as well. So I'll be here with a new podcast every week. You can check me on Anchor, on SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you are checking. If there's a rating system, please leave me a rating. And if there's like a comment section, drop a comment. Uh, let me know about the questions of the week. Uh, anything you want to add, uh, that's all good. Now, if you want to ask a question, a topic that I can cover on this podcast, you can send me an email, stk at djtlm.com. That's going to be the email for this new season. Uh, I used to do share the knowledge at DJTLM, uh, DJTLMTV at DJTLM.com. You name it. Let's keep it nice and simple. STK at DJTLM.com. Now you can find me on social. The handle is DJTLM everywhere. And on YouTube, it's DJTLMTV. Make sure you follow, subscribe, and uh, holla at your boy. See you next week. This is the Share the Knowledge Podcast for DJs.